Hello. Hello. What's up? Not sure, brother. What's up with you? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> doing it. Do, doing it. Yeah, just out here doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, dog sitting. Uh, Emily already knows this, but for the listeners, I'm dog sitting a 16-year-old dog who, unbeknownst to me at the time I accepted this offer, uh, this dog is blind and, like, retarded and keeps walking into everything and pissing and shitting itself in the house. Um, so, yep, just walked into the table again. Um, <laughs> so, I've got, like, ten days of just watching this dog, like, concuss itself and piss and shit himself, so. That's just <laughs> upsetting. It is so upsetting, <laughs> I want to kill myself. Yeah, you shouldn't have to watch an animal, like, struggle through the end of its life. No, like, I, like, this is cruel. (laughs) This is, like, I feel like I'm participating in animal cruelty by, like, not killing him. Yeah. And his eyes are all, like, he just ran into an outlet. Uh, (laughs) His eyes are all, like, milky, you know? Like, when you look at them, they're all cloudy. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really fucked up. He just ran into the ottoman. Poor guy. I- I'm not kidding. Today alone, he's ran into at least 200 different things. <laughs> That's wild. It's truly insane. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what's been going on? Bro, I haven't been up to anything. Yeah? I just come up been... here and hang. <laughs> what? Come up here and hang. Yeah, that sounds nice. My parents are on um vacation from work this week nice and um but they're home so they're just here with me which you know is my fault for living at their house with them but right it's just (laughs) still not very fun for me yeah well if you want to drive 12 hours up here to come watch a retarded blind dog uh on borrowed time (laughs) you might guess as nice as that sounds, I might have to decline when you put yeah. it that way. Yeah. I understand. It's fucking pretty nice out here today. Is it nice there? Uh, yeah, it was pretty nice. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to enjoy much of the day, though, because I'm constantly cleaning up this motherfucker's business. <laughs> <laughs> That's very upsetting. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, I had to dog sit for these dogs once that they were at the end of their lives, too. And um, I just had to, like, line the entire kitchen with, like, pee pads because, like, one of them just straight up could not control their bowels and bladder. And it was not fun to have to, like clean up and then lay down an entire layer all over the floor again yeah no it's uh uh it's not fun do we have anything on the uh docket today or is it just advice um i have one thing i wanted to talk about my horrible shower experience i had this morning okay oh i thought you meant like a baby shower or something okay no i was taking a shower so like Ever since we had some, like, work done on our pipes, like, maybe a month ago, 
Um, and ever since then, the shower has been like so powerful. Like it beats the shit out of you. The water pressure is insane. Really? Um, yeah. Which that doesn't really have a lot to do with my story other than it just added, I don't like it. And it added to my misery. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) I was listening to the song Black by Pearl Jam. Do you know that song? Oh yeah, I know that song. I love that song. Yeah, it's pretty much, I listen to it every time I take a shower. It's my favorite song to belt out in the shower. I'm Um, a big Pearl Jam fan. (laughs) Hell yeah, I'm happy to hear it, bro. So am I. Um... I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in okay. somebody else's sky. But why? Yeah. Okay. So funny that you sing that because <laughs> that is what I would call the climax of the song. Do you agree? Yeah, it's the best part. Okay. So I'm listening to it. I'm belting. I'm belting it out. Sure. Like, this is my my song. Um, it's my time to shine and I'm shining yeah. and I get right to that part where it's like but why why and yeah. um, then the speaker dies right there that's so fucked up I was like this fucking speaker just gave me blue balls like you should start so like a, a rival speaker company and your ad for it should be just that the competition died during the crescendo of black for Pearl <laughs> It's just like an ad of like uh, this the fucking speaker dying like right at the worst time. (laughs) Yeah, my speaker that I like market it actually runs on Pearl Jam. So if you play Pearl Jam, it charges it. Yeah, it's like solar powered, but it's powered by Eddie Vedder. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That sucks, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it was really, I was really pissed off. And then I was just in there. The shower was just beating down on me. I had no music to listen to. Yeah. I was just like, what can it be? But I was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. That's horrible. Okay, so uh, I'm pulling up the docket now. This says, oh, okay. Someone asked us for advice. And it's real? Yeah. Okay. I don't know about this, so I'm excited. Do you want me to start off with that? Yeah. And then we'll go into the the other ones that were definitely addressed to us. But um Yeah, I mean they were all addressed to they're us. All, this one... They're all addressed to us, but this one's special because it comes uh from a, a from a day one listener. Day one listener, sure. <laughs> but they're all from listeners. Yeah, but they're not all from day one listeners. Right, this is a day one. Okay. Um, Dear Claire and Emily, my neighbor and I have been friends for a couple years now. He taught me a lot about gardening and gave me some weird gifts like the Kabbalah. Is that how you say that? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that is. Um, Off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the Kabbalah and weird... the Kabbalah and foreign movies, and tells me cool conspiracy theories about Vatican gold. Michelle, Big wait, Mike. is this the guy that gave? Is this the neighbor that like gave the weird movie about taxidermists? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, go on. 
Michelle Big Mike Obama. This is he didn't write this, but um, I'm pretty sure that this... wait he didn't write Big Mike. No, I'm saying now he didn't. Wait, write sorry, this, can we back but... up? I got a little confused. Can we go back to Kabbalah? That was the last thing I remember. Let's just run it from the top. <laughs> 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 he taught me a lot about gardening and gave me some weird gifts like the Kabbalah and foreign movies. And mm-hmm. tells me cool conspiracy theories about Vatican gold, Michelle, Big Mike Obama, and the Joe Biden wizard agenda. Okay, those are all true, number one. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't conspiracy theories. Anyway. Um, I don't agree with him on most of this, but most people <laughs> say okay because it's kind of fun to hear about. Um, also, it's true, so... Yeah, it is true. So, um, lately he has been going on about the gay problem. He claims. <laughs> <laughs> he claims his sister is gay and raising eight autistic orphans. <laughs> he says it's disgusting and that children should not be <laughs> exposed to gay people. I asked him if he wanted to raise eight autistic orphans, and he said no. (laughs) I told him we might as well let the gays raise them. He told me to consider the act of gay sex, so I did. I told him that it wasn't too different and that everybody has a hole to fill. He asked me if I was gay. I said maybe. He spit on the ground and left. I haven't seen him in two weeks. Am I gay? <laughs> First off, I want to say I like how you said that he recommends you foreign movies as if it was like like the pianist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, foreign movies. Just normal ass foreign movies. Yeah. Um I mean If the question is, am I gay? I mean, yeah, right? (laughs) Why did you say maybe? Was it, like, to prove a point? Like, maybe that the person you've buddied up to is gay? And how would that make you feel? But then, if you were trying to, like, call his bluff, he he called yours by spitting on the ground and walking away. Yeah. Um, I would say you are probably gay, but that... Um, this man sounds like he really doesn't like that, and I don't know that you would want to be neighbors. I think you should pretend to be straight in front of him and just say, like, yeah, I was just kidding about that. I think you should ask him. You should knock on his door crying and ask him to give you conversion therapy. That That's a good suggestion, family. You should ask him to look into conversion therapy camps for you. Because I bet he would... I bet if you asked him, if you said hey man i am gay but i'm trying to become straight i think he would have some advice do you think he'd yeah i think he'd have some really good (laughs) advice on what you should do there i think that's definitely the course that you should take or if you know because he said he mentioned michelle quote big mike Mm -hmm. um obama that she uh that's the theory that she is trans she's really Mm -hmm. a man um, maybe ask him if he thinks it's gay if you go trans and then fuck men. And if he doesn't think that that's gay, like, if he thinks that that's cool, if you present yourself as a woman and then 
like try like you can succumb to your urges to fuck men so maybe you should transition to a woman it couldn't hurt to transition it really it could never hurt to <laughs> to transition <laughs> yeah i feel like we just gave you a lot of good stuff to work with a lot of different options for sure for sure <laughs> should we um move on now to some other um, um i think so i do have a modicum of concern for this listener's safety <laughs> genuinely <laughs> well yeah i'd say let's just keep it moving <laughs> you don't you think he, you think he's gonna get hate crimed yeah <laughs> <laughs> you think he hasn't seen him in two weeks because he's been plotting his revenge i think you're gonna get a pipe bomb in your mailbox yeah that might be something to look out for I would say have an enemy check your mail for you (laughs) until you can find out his take on like transitioning or like gay conversion therapy camps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it couldn't hurt to have an enemy check your mail. Wouldn't this be so so funny if, um, God damn it. This dog is peeing on the carpet. Oh my God. God, Oh my God. I have that dog's a fucking loser. I'm gonna execute this dog. <laughs> we are recording the cast. You piece of shit. Oh my Damn. god. Damn. No respect for the cast. I'm gonna fucking kick them across the goddamn room. My dad asked me today if we were making any money off the podcast. I was like, honestly, thank you. That's really nice of him to think. No, I mean, it's 11 people listen to it and a dog pisses right during the middle of it. No one respects us. No respect. I fucking hate this place. I'm ready to kill my... I just... This fucking... I told them I need to be able to work and that includes podcasting. Yeah, this is a job. Listen, my job is my job. Podcasting is my vocation. (laughs) I'm fucking livid, dude. I'm carrying this thing. Every time I, he has to be carried inside, I'm going to drop him. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're <laughs> carrying a dog right now? He has to be carried, like, everywhere because he's so fucking old. And, uh, you know, I uh, he's always pissing himself, so he's always covered in piss. So every time I carry him, I get a little piss on me. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> so worse. You know what? I would be glad to have a neighbor that might be putting, like, a pipe bomb in my mailbox (laughs) if I didn't have to deal with this shitty fucking dog. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know where the pee stain is on the carpet anymore. I lost it, so. I have a feeling it's not the first, like, pee stain in that carpet. It can't be, dude. How is this that he, like, just walked into this corner behind all this furniture where he's never going to be able to get out? (laughs) I'm, dude, I'm so close. <laughs> okay, that being said, let's move on to our other <laughs> listeners. All right. Um, this one, dear Claire and Emily. Mm-hmm. My brother is newly divorced. After nearly he- or newly? Newly. Okay. After he and his wife split up, I let him stay with me so he could save money, sort things out, and receive some emotional support. He's a good guy, and he pays half of the bills. He pays them late, but he pays them. (laughs) 
He is also sloppy, and I'm constantly cleaning up after him. He's aware of my displeasure with cleaning up after an adult, but he seems not to care. He's lived with me for close to five years now, and I need my space. We are both middle-aged and divorced. I'm an empty nester, and I want to live alone. I'm annoyed by everything he does, but I feel awful for feeling that way. There are times when I don't want to come home because I know I will encounter a mess. I yearn for space and time alone. Am I being selfish caring for being annoyed just by his presence? Um, again, this is veering into am I the asshole territory, but there is some advice to give here, which is euthanize your brother. Yeah, for real. Take him to the vet. Put him down. It sounds like it's his time. <laughs> it is his time. Next. All right. Dear Claire and Emily, I am 66 and a 20 year widow. I live alone but have an accident. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I live alone but have an active social life with my woman friends. Mm-hmm. We live in a small town with very little to do, but we get together often to watch movies, eat out, etc. I never had children and all my relatives have passed okay. away. I'm the last family member left. I'm mostly satisfied but not happy with my life. Everything I own is paid for and I haven't lasted until my death. I have everything materially that I could possibly want and yet I feel something vital is missing from my life. It's not religion. I'm a committed Christian. I could pay cash for anything I want but I don't want for anything. I do volunteer work. I'm socially active and involved in my church. Yet I feel empty inside. Something is definitely missing and I can't figure it out. I realize I'm blessed and most people would give anything to sit where I'm sitting. Do you have any ideas as to what's missing or where to go from here? Life is hard and old age isn't for sissies. Um, honestly, your euthanasia advice wasn't too bad. I was just going to um, say, you're obviously yearning for a child, which you can't have biologically anymore. So either adopt one of those autistic orphans from that gay, <laughs> gay woman from earlier or take yourself to the vet as well. Um... I do have some advice that I honestly, like, I don't even think this is bad advice. I think this could really help this woman. Um, start doing drugs. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to have a good time. Smoke. You'll meet a lot of new people. Yeah. Start with just, like, smoke some pot if that doesn't do it for you. Start, Coke. you know, I don't know, drinking and doing meth. You'll okay, have a- you're <laughs> going through pot to meth. <laughs> You think pot to meth is too far? Yeah. What would you put in the middle? Coke. Okay, I guess that's fair. I just feel like if you don't have much time left, you might as well skip straight to meth, but... Um, it's not... I mean, she's only 66. Yeah, but if she starts doing drugs, she's not gonna have that long left. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I mean, what, straight like... to math. Next. <laughs> All right. My husband recently got promoted to CEO of the company he works for. At first, we were all so excited for him. In the last two months, he has seemed to become almost arrogant towards us. He complains at the dinner table about how no one can do the job as good as him. Not really sure where this arrogance came from. What do I do to help him slow his roll? Um. Cheat on um, him with one of his subordinates. Okay, I like that. I was going to say you should put, like, estrogen tablets in his coffee so that he starts feeling like less of a man. And, like, 
he'll have some biological changes he doesn't understand. He'll just, mm-hmm. like, nothing's gonna, like, take him down a peg rather than turning into a woman. You're absolutely right. That's perfect advice. Thanks. I really liked yours as well. <laughs> Thanks. but Maybe both. That's true. That Both would be the perfect combination. You might get him to kill himself. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if you're like, dick all of a sudden t- starts <laughs> and then you find out your wife fucked some invalid that works for you. <laughs> yeah, this is what we call a twofer, where you take both of our advice, and then yeah. you're good. Mm-hmm. Alright, we all solved right. that one. Yep. On to the next one. Um... My wife and I have been married for 47 years. Since she retired from her job, she's become addicted to the DVR. She records everything she can think of to watch later. And later's in quotes. Um, She has shows she recorded from last year but hasn't watched. And they take up 90% of the DVR disc. She only uses about 10% for new shows that she watches to make room for other programs. So every night we have to watch what she's recorded that day to make room for the next day's recording. (laughs) Um, If I say anything about it, she gets very upset and it causes tension. I don't mind some of the shows, but there aren't many that I will spend time watching. I wish there was a support group for husbands of women who are addicted to their DVRs so we could understand what's going on in their heads. How should I deal with this problem? What's going on in your head is you're married to a woman. I mean, just, I mean, make more money and buy a thing with a higher DVR storage. This is a non-issue. You're being a faggot. Yeah, get another DVR, right? Get another DVR. Well, I mean, grow up. Yeah, it's important to store shows because you never know if they might pull them off the air. It's just not your fucking business. Yeah, for real. Just people have real problems. Please don't waste our time with this. (laughs) She's retired. Like, what else is she supposed to do? If you worked your whole life and then you retire, you can store shows all day for fun. You know what? That's a good point. If you retire, it doesn't matter if you have a top chef from eight years ago on your DVR. That's your business. You You put in the work. Mm-hmm. it's her dvr too who pays the bills that's a good question who what's the divvying of the bills yeah for real who makes the money in that relationship who paid for what do you even have a right to like feel like you have a claim to the dvr so get another true. job if it's that important to you deadbeat <laughs> yeah for real i hate this guy <laughs> yeah he sucks he's one of our worst listeners <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with some of our listeners, why they have minds like this. I don't know, but we're trying to fix them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say to you. Like, stop fucking sucking is my advice. Yeah. Leave your wife alone. <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> All right, um, moving on. Dear Claire and Emily... What is the proper response when someone tells you their relative is going into hospice? Congratulations, that's wonderful. Doesn't seem right. But I'm so sorry doesn't seem appropriate either, since hospice is an affirmative action often welcomed by the person who is ill. I would appreciate your thoughts. Again, what the fuck is wrong with the people who write into this show? I know. That's like an autistic thing to ask. Just say, like, 
oh, that sucks, I'm sorry, but at least she'll be cared for. Like, that's really not that hard, so it begs the question, what the fuck is wrong with the person who wrote this? Yeah, that's so true. Like, what would you want someone to say to you? Like, literally what you said. Like, yeah, it's usually welcomed. It's still a sad thing. Like, yeah, oh, you things said can it. be good. It's- oh, things can be good and kind of bad at the same time. Did this person <laughs> just, like, never hear of nuance before? Shut up. Stop uh, listening to this cast. Take yourself to the vet. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> we're we're going to get some vet's office jam-packed with a bunch of losers. <laughs> All right, dear Claire and Emily, I went to the drugstore to pick up my prescriptions. There were five people in line at the pharmacy. When I finally got to the counter, a young woman came up behind me and announced to the clerk that she was there for her vaccination and asked where she should go. Oh, I'll tell her. (laughs) The clerk stopped waiting on me and turned to the pharmacist to let him know she had arrived. I turned to her and said, you know, he was waiting on me. The young woman proceeded to become belligerent and cussed at me, calling me names. Should I have handled this differently? Um, yeah, I just have, like, really just two words of advice to sum this one up. Um, open carry, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're right, like, and I'll also say, like, what did you expect? You're dealing with someone who thinks a vaccine <laughs> that obviously doesn't work in like no what is it august of 2022 it obviously like what are you still doing getting booster shots and vaccines you're obviously dealing with someone who's retarded this is a pro vaccine podcast Um, how many boosters have you gotten idiot but i have maybe i've gotten all the boosters you don't know yeah yeah i do and you haven't because you know that that's a retarded thing to do you should open carry and you should fire away Uh, she didn't even have to get belligerent the second she said i'm here to get my vaccine open fire yeah i mean you could have at least you just waved the gun around a little she would not have she wouldn't have acted like that she could have at least fired a warning shot (laughs) have you seen that video of like the 12 year old kid um robbing the gas station with a gun no oh my god it's so funny it happened like recently in michigan there's this 12 year old kid he walks into um a gas station with a gun and he walks up to the counter he has like a bag he puts it on the counter and he's like to the cashier he's like give me all your money and she sees a 12 year old kid and she goes are you serious and um he just points the gun up to the ceiling and fires a shot and she's like, fuck, she gets to work getting the money. It's so funny. It's like in Home Alone when Kevin has to go buy his own toothpaste. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, next. Um, yeah, here we go. Dear Claire and Emily, I am a 30-year-old wife happily married to my husband, Randy. If you say so. (laughs) We are decorating our new home in preparation to start a family. However, I've been very busy at work. My mother-in-law, Kathleen, offered to help with the house. I'm very grateful. However, when I got home from work last week, I discovered that Kathleen had decorated an entire wall of our bedroom with close to 20 photos of my husband's life, especially from his childhood. This includes multiple, in parentheses, six, photos of his wedding to his ex-wife Sharon and from their (laughs) life together (laughs) I acted out and called her immediately am I wrong 
for yelling at her over the phone. Uh, Kathleen and Sharon are still very close, and I understand why she included her on the wall, but it still makes me very uncomfortable. What do you think? Well, first off, I want to say, if you're too busy to decorate your house, how are you going to have a kid? That's so true. I bet Sharon decorated her own house. I was just going to say, Sharon really, I mean, obviously Sharon was the winner here. You're like a careerist, like you can't even, like, why are you letting your mother-in-law decorate your house? I would pick Sharon, too. Yeah, and like, yeah, what did you expect to happen? Yeah, it sounds like you're a deadbeat nag. <laughs> like a careerish shrew who doesn't even have time to I, like if she doesn't have time to like put photos up on her own bedroom, do you think she's making her husband dinner? <laughs> doesn't sound like that to me. Yeah, for real. That's so true. Just something to think about, Kathleen or whatever. No, this is the mom's name. Yeah. Almost something to think about, dumb bitch who wrote this. <laughs> Maybe try to, yeah, be a little more like Sharon. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, next here we have um, Dear Abby. I, Dear what Abby. What the fuck? I don't know who Abby is. Um. <laughs> Abby's our assistant who... Uh... Who vets these for us? Yeah. She, I don't she know why you addressed it to her, you dumb bitch, whoever wrote this. Yeah. Definitely wasn't me that fucked up. That was the person who wrote this into us and accidentally wrote Dear Abby. Yeah. Damn. All right. Dear Claire and Emily. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 23 years. About a year ago, our 22 year old daughter became suspicious that her dad might be having an affair. She found it was true through his text messages. When we sat down as a family and discussed it, at first he denied it. He got upset to the point that he told our daughter to leave the house, which she did for two weeks. We asked her to come back after my husband and I talked and worked things out, and I took him to confession. We later all went away for vacation together. Some time passed, and I looked at his phone and saw he's been added again, this time with a 30-year-old woman who lives here and another one in another state. When I told him I knew, he denied it. Recently, I've been going to counseling. I need advice. Um, my advice, honestly, you took him to confession, so I don't think that you should have been Catholic. <laughs> because mm, isn't confession, on that. you can just go and be like, sorry, I accidentally cheated on my wife, and then isn't the like, yeah, it doesn't like, have to be an accident. I he's think like, you can just be like, I did this, and they're like, you're absolved if you say they're like, like four hand hours. Yeah, so isn't that the whole do- point of that retarded religion besides raping children? Yeah, you can just do that a million times and keep going back, and it'll be fine. Yeah, so I would say change your religion. Um, yeah. To something probably more stringent, like Muslims, like one where they like cut your head off if you do wrong. Yeah. I would say convert to Islam. And make sure that nosy bitch daughter of yours does too. I want to see her in a fucking burqa, minding her own business. That's a good good one for you because women are like quiet and docile in that um, religion, Mm -hmm. which sounds like it um, would serve your bitch daughter well (laughs) to just shut the fuck up and mind her business for a minute. So I would say look into converting as soon as possible. 
Yeah. All right. Um, dear Claire and Emily, I connected with a man on Match.com, and we've been dating for four months now. Though we have things in common and enjoy each other's company, he is a workaholic and gives more attention to his business than to me. I'm not sure if he considered uh, considers us a couple because he told me I could date other people as he feels bad about not having a lot of time for us. He treats me very well when we're together, though, and is a real gentleman. What are your thoughts on this? Um, does it say what kind of business he has? No, it just says his business. Mm. So I think a lot probably depends on that. Yeah, don't send us things that are too vague for us to answer. What kind of business is it? Is it a restaurant? Is it an insurance business? I mean, what what are we supposed to do with business? That could be anything. Emily and I have a business, a podcast. We don't make any money. Yeah. That would change the answer. I'd be like, her well, boyfriend's said- doing anything important. Leave him alone. <laughs> It said he treats me very well when we do get together, and he's a real gentleman. That sounds like he's buying her shit. You know what I mean? It does sound like she's being bought stuff. <laughs> like, at least dinners. That's yeah. In this economy? <laughs> For real. I mean, well, what, let, let me ask. answer this from the question is, why do you think you deserve more than that? That's so true. What about you do you think makes you deserve a commitment and more than to occasionally be bought dinner yeah give he gives more attention to his business than to you his business makes him money what yeah do you what do you do we haven't you know you said all this stuff about him he owns his own business he's a gentleman he's great what about you what good qualities do you have why are we hearing crickets right now <laughs> maybe work on yourself get a mirror look in it that's my advice yeah for sure Sounds like your your fault. Figure look inward. Look inward, please. <laughs> Next. All right, that's the last one from this batch. But we'll get the next stack of letters, and we're undoing the twine right now. Yeah, well, it's taking me a minute to open the envelopes. <laughs> so my fingers aren't working right now, so I'm just trying to open them, and it's hard. <laughs> Not a free articles. Come on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> here, I'll, maybe I'll uh, do some work on here. <laughs> okay, here. Dear Claire and Emily, my boyfriend was in a wedding recently for his good friend as a groomsman. When we first got the invite (parentheses) we lived together and have for three years (end parentheses) We discovered I wasn't invited and he did not have a plus one. We've met this couple before and they knew we had been dating for close to four years by that point. I was a little hurt when all the pre-wedding festivities started and still no one said anything about him getting a plus one for me despite other members of the bridal party having a plus one. I was especially hurt when he was telling me about how he was expected to dance with the bridesmaids. The bridesmaids even got together to do his hair and gushed about it because they thought he was single. I trusted my boyfriend implicitly, but he was just as uncomfortable and wished I was there so he would have someone to dance with and talk to at the reception. He only knew two other groomsmen, but no one else at the wedding. Are we being entitled? Um, yeah, it sounds like the couple just doesn't like you. That is literally... Yeah, like, why do you think you would not be invited? They know you're dating. They don't care because you're fucking annoying. 
Yeah. Plus, you, like, use parentheses, like, eight times in that thing. What do you think that says about you? For real. Don't fucking put it in parentheses, bitch. Say it with your whole chest. Say it with your whole chest. <laughs> do you know how fucking annoying it is to have to read parentheses when you're reading something out loud to someone? Our listeners? Yeah. It's really confusing, and it wrecks the flow of the podcast. Which, did you even think about the podcast before you wrote this? For real. I don't know. It doesn't really sound like you think about anyone. That's not your, why you're not invited to the wedding. Yep. So true. <laughs> Next. Um, my nephew's daughter. Okay, hold on. I had to think of who that would be. My nephew's daughter has been anxious to visit me. I live in a city where many like to vacation. She's one month away from turning 21. I told my nephew that she's very quiet and hasn't wanted to engage with me. He assured me that once we are one-on-one, she'd be very talkative. When she visited, she was mostly quiet and in her own head a lot. Sometimes it made me uncomfortable. I brought this to her attention, letting her know she'd be safe with me if she wanted to share what was on her mind. Her quietness continued. On the morning of her last day, she came out of the bathroom and immediately was anxiously packing when we had hours before leaving for the airport. I thought nothing of this. Later in the day, when I came home from taking her to the airport, I found that my full package of moist towelettes was 97% empty. She sneakily took them. I initially found this cute and had no issue with her taking them. But the following day, her actions made me uncomfortable. If she asked me, I would, with pleasure, give her the entire package. And she should have known this. I was very generous to her during her visit. Her plan to sneakily take them leaves me uncomfortable. Your thoughts, please. How old is this kid? Um, She's about to turn 21. Oh, it's not a child? No. Hmm. I don't even care enough to answer this. It's moist toilets. Go to CVS and get more. Yeah, for real. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, a 20-year-old, like, they don't have any money. Yeah. And why would you, like, it'd be embarrassing to ask for them. Yeah, what do you want her to, you want her to get on her hands and knees and beg? (laughs) Please have some moist toilets because I can't afford them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's unreasonable. Just let her take them. Let her she take them. She clearly needed them more than you did. <clears throat> yeah, you're a freak. Um, next. I think you're much better at reading these than I am. All right, I you read one more and I'll pull up another. <clears throat> one. Okay. I can read them after this. Okay. Um, I live with my spouse and our one and three year old kids on the East Coast. A relative is having a wedding on the West Coast next summer. The last time I saw the relative and her fiancé, I told them how excited we were to celebrate their wedding with them and make it the centerpiece of a family trip with our little kids. The couple had since announced that there is a strict no-kids policy, and, less relevantly, they have moved back to the East Coast, making this a destination wedding for virtually all. The cost and child care commitment are now approaching that of a trip to Europe for my spouse and me with it with in parentheses with it without kids Hmm. in parentheses I should mention that the couple did travel by air for our wedding a few years ago my question is whether and to what extent can I tell the truth that the kids policy is the reason for our declining the invite I do not want to be rude or spiteful it's their day and their prerogative not to have not to pay to have children running around but it dramatically changes the calculation for us we have the kind of family where an explanation would be expected at some point, and I feel I owe one based on the previous conversation with the couple. I prefer not to lie, and I do not want to sound like I'm throwing the no kids thing in their faces. Any tips? 
yeah, dude, grow up and lie. Like, <laughs> so it's a time to lie, right? Well, did they, they already RSVP'd, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I think that means you have to go. <laughs> I just, I think that's fucking rude. And you can't assume that everyone wants your stupid kids there. I think you should, like, I don't know, you're being annoying. Like, why are you talking about Europe? No one cares about the cost it would be to Europe. Like, just shut up. Go or don't. Yeah, like, that's what? So true. I hate, the- maybe it's that I don't like reading them. Pers- I don't know, maybe it's, uh, but everyone I've read, it's like, I don't even know why you're writing this. There's two options, pick one. Yeah, but like, if you don't, then shut the fuck up. Like, do you even want these people in your lives? It sounds like you don't. It sounds like yeah. you don't agree on fundamentally anything. So why, like, what do you? Plus, I think it's a little presumptuous to be like, oh, we have a kind of family where some like an explanation would be expected. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, yeah. if you ch- if you change your RSVP for a wedding where they already like tallied everything and made plans and like paid for your meals and stuff yeah that would be expected of anyone don't make it sound like you have the kind like you're the kind of people who just everyone must know whether they're coming or not or what it's like shut up dude find two other fucking people to take their place then maybe try that do you have two other friends send them in your place yeah i don't like these people that wrote in today I don't either, but I think the funniest thing they could do, though, is just go and bring their kids and pretend like they just didn't know there was no kids. You should dress your kids up like tiny adults. You should make, yeah, one get on the other one's shoulders, do the classic, like, trench coat. Kid in a thing. trench coat, yeah. Or, like, old, like, how many kids do they have? Two or three? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't really care. Get, yeah, uh, our one and three-year-old kids. I mean, those kids aren't even old enough to go to a wedding. That's, like, not even... Yeah. Like, what, are you going to bring a baby that's, like, whining the entire time? Yeah. I know. You go to the wedding, you or you go to the, you take the trip, you bring the kids to the trip, and you leave them in a hot car <laughs> in the parking lot <laughs> of the venue. No, but for real, why can't you, like, go on the trip but just get a babysitter for, like, the four hours of the wedding or whatever? Yeah. Or, like, yeah, I mean. I don't even want to waste more breath on these idiots. Yeah, for real. All right, I have one. Okay, thank God. Um, here we go. Um, Dear Claire and Emily, I live in a New York, I live in New York City in a co-op building. The apartment next door was sold eight months ago and has been unoccupied ever since. I work from home doing some freelance writing, and I teach voice lessons via Zoom. Nerd. Uh, (laughs) I have always had between two and eight voice students of all ages. I've wanted a canine companion for a very long time. It's called a dog. (laughs) Three weeks ago, I brought home a puppy. One week later, I was given notice that the apartment next door would undergo a gut renovation that would last for at least three months. Last week, the renovation began, and it's as loud and jarring as you might think. I can't take work calls, and I can't conduct voice lessons from my home. Worse, my puppy is very scared of the banging. Who could blame her? And she's trembling and anxious. The big bugaboo? I hate that. Um, I'm in a very tight financial position, and I don't have the capacity to- Then why did you get a fucking dog? To rent a pet-friendly shared workspace in the area. 
to my knowledge, I don't know of any pet-friendly voice studios. I also don't have the financial means to send my puppy to daycare every day. My vet said they could recommend some anti-anxiety medications for her. Yeah, fucking get her addicted to drugs. Good idea. Um, Am I totally out of luck here, or am I allowed to ask for compensation to vacate my home during construction hours, as well as money for meds a th- slash a thunder shirt from my puppy? Um, who are Why you didn't you ask try any of that compensation? first? I'm just so, like, you shouldn't have gotten a dog if you couldn't, like, afford for an emergency circumstance. Yeah. I We haven't gotten one thing today that isn't this person, like, the person writing's fault. Yeah, for real. I would like to see a real victim up in here, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm begging to see someone who got actually wronged. All right, let's see. Maybe this is the oh, one. except for the one from our listener. From yeah, our that's true. Listener. That's the only, the only um, legitimate advice seeker. Yeah, that was a real problem, and we that did was a real solutions. problem. And he, yeah, we really helped him. And I'm excited to see which path of ours he takes. Yeah, for sure. I'd love an update. <laughs> All right. Um, dear Claire and Emily, my father, who is 83, keeps trying to get me to mend fences with my sister. My sister isn't asking for reconciliation. She doesn't call and she's never in touch with me. This isn't a recent rift, but something that's grown over the last 30 years. I chose to keep my distance from her because she constantly puts me down. I've pointed this out to my father. Frankly, I just want to be left alone. I do want to keep in contact with my elderly parents, so I stay in touch with them. But what can I say to my father? Not out angry. I don't understand why he always takes her side. Um, tell him that she molested you when you were children. That's a great idea. I was going to say shove him down next time he says something and say, that's what ha- that's what's going to happen, bitch. <laughs> Either of those words. <laughs> Don't say that shit to me or else you're going to get slammed down. Your old brittle buns are going to break. Should Randy Macho Man Savage your elderly? And they'd be like, because that's how my heart felt when I was getting molested by your whore daughter. Yeah. Next. Dear Claire and Emily, my husband of just under two years does things behind my back that he knows would hurt me. While we were dating, we promised exclusivity to each other. I was true to him, and he continued to date approximately 30 women for a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I stumbled on his rating spreadsheet after we were living together. (laughs) He recently made arrangements to meet up with his former spouse while I was safely away at work. Safely? What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Um, I... I'm sorry, this just took such a weird turn. Um, (laughs) I feed birds, squirrels, and chipmunks in our backyard, and I love watching them. While I was not home, he took an air rifle and, over the course of a few months' time, killed every chipmunk. One day last week, I was returning home from work and saw him running in the front yard with an air rifle, firing at a small rabbit. I admonish him because he could hit a child riding by on his bike or a mom strolling with her baby. All right, calm down. Um, We've done counseling before. He participates only until he is bored. 
he told me that he is going to do what he wants to do and he does not care how I feel about that. Please help. I mean, you're dating a, or married to a sociopath. I mean, yeah, for real. That? He has a, you... he kills small animals. He has a spreadsheet of women. I'm just, this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a divorce. You have to either leave or just accept that you're going to have to just clean up small animal carcasses and yeah, get herpes because your fucking... husband has an Excel document of uh, all the women he cheats on you. Yeah, and just pray you that doesn't, doesn't decide s- to murder you. Yeah, you might be next. I, I mean, what what did you what kind of what did the person expect to get? I mean, these are just people horny for sympathy. They're just like desperate for it. They're yeah. like, oh, poor. It's like, no, you have to take some action in your life. Like, what do you, what did that person expect anyone to say? Like, you have to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, oh, uh, you should do more counseling. Like. <laughs> He murders animals. Next. <laughs> For real. All right. Um, dear Claire and Emily, um, Mary Tracy and I have been dear friends for 15 Mary years. Mary Tracy or Mary? Comma, Mary, Tracy. Comma, Tracy. There's okay. three friends. Mary okay. Tracy and the writer. I wasn't sure if they were saying Mary, like, first No, you're good. Um, or like a, like a Mary Beth, Mary Kate yeah. situation. You know, Mary Tracy. I didn't know. I just wanted to be clear. Mary Jane, you know, there's a lot of... Absolutely. Mary Tracy would be a rough one, though. That would be a rough one. All right. Um, anyway, Mary and Tracy and the writer have been friends, dear friends, for 15 years. About three years ago, Mary married Steve. Steve okay. is a lovely, generous man when he is not drinking. When he drinks, he becomes very handsy with me, with Tracy, and with any other woman in the area. <laughs> he kisses us on the lips, grabs us, <laughs> hugs us, etc., all in front of Mary and our own partners. We gently try to divert him or squirm away, but have never forcefully said that's not appropriate. Recently, we all spent so a weekend... just answered your own question. <laughs> recently we all spent a weekend away together and he was terrible mary either chooses not to see what is happening or is truly clueless she also seems to be a little insecure in some ways in her marriage tracy and i are worried that if we strongly say stop to him or if we sit down with mary and tell her how uncomfortable he makes us then our friendship will be wounded if not destroyed we imagine that she would support her husband and tell us that we're overreacting at this point we don't want to spend any future weekends with them do you have any suggestions of ways we could broach this topic without destroying a 15-year friendship? Yeah, what the fuck? They said they have significant others. What are your boyfriends and husbands doing when you're getting, like, fondled by this guy? That's so true. They need to step up and stand up. Like, I mean, these, this is what happens when you give men vaccines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... <laughs> They, they just stand there up. while their wife gets fingered by Steve. Yeah, that's true. Like, you're just getting sexually harassed right in front of your husbands and they're not saying anything or doing anything. That's what it sounds like. They need to find better men. That's my take. Yeah. Find a man who's not going to watch you get molested and just be like, oh. oh <laughs> Seems good. like that's a personal problem for you to deal with. I mean, really, though, like, 
you like you're talking a lot about how you don't think your friend's partner that is good mm-hmm. again get that mirror look inward what do you think about your partner what do you think about your choices yeah. you would date someone who like watches you you have to squirm away what the fuck is your husband doing watching you squirm away from another man's grip yeah, it, she he's just hands in his pocket. Whistling. She liter- yeah, she literally said that, that it, Steve does that in front of their husbands. Or so, like, what? Yeah, that's true. What is your husband bringing to the table? D- like, stop talking about how shitty Steve is. Yeah, he's at least he's a go getter <laughs> for real. <laughs> at least Steve goes after what he wants. Yeah, Steve hasn't really done anything wrong. You said you've never told him to stop. So, and like, none of the men are saying like, "Hey, don't." Watch my girlfriend. Yeah, he thinks he got the green light to act like that. And, like, he kind of did. He really did. I'm Team Steve. Me too. I hope Steve's a listener. Steve, keep doing what you're doing. He sounds like our type of (laughs) listener. Steve, you keep Steven. Yeah, keep on keeping on. Yeah. All right. Um... Dear Claire and Emily, my fiancé and I are expecting our first child next month. During a visit three months ago, his mother declared that she would be present for the birth. At that (laughs) point, we hadn't even discussed the baby's delivery, let alone visitors at home or in the hospital. We agreed to this, but now I'm resentful of her declaration and also stressed over the idea of having his large family being with us during those early days. I don't like to be crowded when I'm stressed, and he has a large and tight-knit family. I know they want to welcome my daughter into the world and to help out, but I'm not looking forward to it. I want to breastfeed in private and bond with my new family without people breathing down my neck. I thought it could compromise by stipulating that adults are welcome, but young children are not. I told this to an older friend who said I was being selfish to exclude the children and that they would resent this for years to come. Am I being selfish? I know there's a whole no visitors movement by moms putting their foot down because of the stress family can add after bringing a new baby home. I'm here for it. I'd appreciate your insight. Um, so you don't, you're saying you don't want a bunch of children looking into your pussy as you bring your daughter into the world. Um, I would say, well, you did let your husband fuck you. So now you have a problem with people looking at your pussy. That's so true. It just seems really inconsistent to me. Yeah, you let someone it... not only look, but get up in there without protection, obviously. And now you want to be shy. Yeah, it's like it's a little late for that. Yeah, I mean, it takes two to tango, sweetheart. Like, what do you do? Like, that's... I think you can... The little... Who, me? That act is over. That act... <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's wearing thin, sweetie. We all know what you did. Yeah. That's such a good take. <laughs> <laughs> so the advice, once again, is to look inward. All these people... <laughs> Yeah, that's really the theme of today. <laughs> um, all right, you want to do a couple more? Yeah, let's do a few more. All right. Dear Claire and Emily, 
I'm torn between attending a memorial service and a professional conference. I know the memorial service should take precedence, but the service was for someone I barely know. My husband's family went camping every year with a group of about five other families. His parents' generation has continued to see each other regularly, except during the pandemic. Lame. I was just going to say, I wouldn't fucking hang out with these people. Go to the, I mean, professional conference sounds gay, too, but I really don't need to hear more. I wouldn't ever hang out with someone who was scared of a flu. All right. His parents' generations continue to see each other regularly, and my husband's generation generally only does this for big events, like a big wedding. I met this friend, Barry, only once briefly, probably about 10 years ago. His wife has died. Neither my husband or I had ever met her. The memorial service is a big camping trip. If the event was any other time, I would go and participate fully. But my two-day professional conference is extremely important to me. The logistics are such that I can't do both. My husband has told me that I can go to the conference and he'll bring our kids with his parents. In general, I think memorial service would outweigh any professional event. However, since neither my husband or I are particularly close to the grieving person, can I choose a work event that is really important and not feel guilty? Um, can you choose a work event that's important and not feel guilty? It sounds like you can't. Like, this should be simple. It sounds like you don't want to go to the funeral. (laughs) So don't go, right? Yeah, it sounds like you're a huge geek and you want to go to this dork fest to do that. (laughs) Why? I mean, you don't, don't make us tell you. Yeah, like awesome camping trip where you know everybody's gonna be partying and getting drunk the whole time. I mean, that sounds equally as abhorrent to me. I wouldn't do either of these things. I would, I would tell both um, things that you're doing the other obligation, mm-hmm. and I would do something fun like literally anything else. <laughs> like what? Um, like huff lighter fluid. In my house alone. That does sound fun. Literally anything else. I mean, I don't. If you're a huge dork, please don't write into the show. That's so true. I'm tired of hearing from dorks. Please, I don't want to hear from a geek about like I have a professional like if if professional conference is like a phrase that you used in your letter. Don't send it to us. Yeah, send it to fucking some nerd. We don't care. I heard there's a nerd named Abby who likes to read this kind of shit. Yeah, for real. Please don't bother blowing up. We're trying to help people. Yeah, we need time to talk about real problems. Yeah. All right. Um, Dear Claire and Emily, just kidding. This one <laughs> is a response to another thing that we have not addressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. This fucking thing has so many ads on it. I'm about to lose my mind. All right. Dear Claire and Emily, I asked Hannah to be my maid of honor for my destination wedding. She exuberantly accepted, and we both started planning. The wedding was only about five months away, so things needed to be figured out quickly. I gave Hannah no less than three different options of times to go dress shopping. She was always unable to make it. She is single with a car and has no real reason to be unavailable. 
After months of after a couple months of this, I let Hannah know that I was really sorry, but another friend would be stepping in as maid of honor. I said I still very much wanted her as a bridesmaid. Long story short, she completely freaked. She told me I was a terrible person. How dare I do this to her? And how dare I do this to her when she spent so much time and effort on this already that I obviously didn't care about our friendship and that she didn't want anything more to do with me. Our young daughters, both nine years old, were best friends. I'm sorry. Well, wait, what the fuck? Didn't she say she was single and didn't have any reason why she couldn't be anywhere at the time? <laughs> yeah, she's a single mom. Dude, fuck <laughs> you. I was already team Hannah, and then you said that. Dude, what the fuck? She made it sound like she's Hannah, nothing but sitting there watching TV all day. She's a kid. That's and she's, a- she's single and has a car. Like, yeah, she also has a fourth grader, idiot. I hate this woman. All right. Moving on. Our young daughters, both nine years old, were best friends. I've tried to repair this friendship. It still bothers me that maybe I was in the wrong. You think? I also want to help restore our daughter's friendship. She won't even let her daughter have playdates with us anymore. Can I get your objective opinion? Was I so wrong in picking a different maid of honor? Or should I have just sucked it up and dealt with Hannah's problematic schedule? Should I continue to try to repair this no but you need to leave hannah alone it sounds like her life's gonna be a lot better without you yeah also it sounds like maybe hannah had tried getting married and was divorced before yeah and it sounds like you had a baby out of wedlock completely yeah <laughs> maybe think about how god feels about that <laughs> that's so true thank you all right. I am. Um, that, that, wow. <laughs> that one pissed me off. That person is single. She's single and has no reason. And then you find out she's literally a single mother. <laughs> Even when she said that, I was like, I feel like she's really underplaying what this woman has going on in her yeah, life. Yeah, I was like, okay, you and I are both like single. And like, I have reasons why I can't be somewhere. And sometimes I do have things going on. And <laughs> yeah. I have a car. <laughs> Having a Honda Civic does not preclude me from being busy. <laughs> For real. That's so funny. Saying she's single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That writer should kill herself. <laughs> I was just going to say, really, take yourself to the vet. <laughs> yeah, take yourself to the vet. For real. All right. I'll ask, I'll ask Hannah for a ride. <laughs> She doesn't have anything else going on. Yeah, she can take you. Um, if you tell her what it's for, I'm sure she'll jump at the chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet she'd let your daughters be friends then. Yeah. So if that's what you really want, mm-hmm. <coughs> there's only really one thing to do. Only one. All right. Dear Claire and Emily... We believe our daughter's partner has a drinking problem. When he's around alcohol, he occasionally overindulges. The most recent occurrence happened when my wife and I were away from home for the evening, and they were at our home. When we left the house, I had a six-pack of beer and a bottle of rum, both of which were gone when we returned at the end of the evening. (laughs) We have a history of witnessing bad behavior from our daughter's various partners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't want to completely lose our lo- we don't want to completely lose our relationship with our daughter and grandchildren so i'm at a loss of how to bring this up 
without seeming to attack her judgment and further alienate her from us. We could simply hide the alcohol, but do you think we should discuss this with him alone or with them as a couple? Um, I think that it's a lot easier to talk to people about, like, their problems and, like, vices if you also have a vice that's similar. Mm -hmm. So I think one of you should get addicted to drugs or get a worse drinking problem, Mm -hmm. and then he'll kind of respect where you're coming from more. In fact, you should start partying with him and... Yeah, you like, should just you might start partying strong... with your daughter's husband. You might realize that he's not as bad as you think. Yeah, I mean, he's just having a good time, probably. Did you say so... that the did the rum have your name written on it? For real, did you call dibs on it? Did you say, don't touch this rum and, like, write your name on it and say, this is mine? If so, then that's uncool of him. If not, yeah, he just thought sure. it was up for grabs. Yeah, that's so true. I think, you know... You got to think about how, from his perspective, he shows up. He Like, when I show up and I'm dog-sitting or whatever, I'm going to a family member's house, and there's Coke in the fridge, I'm like, oh, they bought me Coke, because they know I mm-hmm. like Coke. He probably thinks, oh, there's a six-pack and a bottle of rum. They the know I love alcohol. Because they know I love drinking to the point of being belligerent. <laughs> yeah, he thinks y'all are on great terms. He's like, sweet. They knew just how much I would need. (laughs) Wow, great. Yeah. Maybe don't hide the owl, but you sound like you're really... You're... It's kind of just for him up for grabs. Yeah. Maybe put it on a shelf he can't reach. (laughs) How tall is the husband? (laughs) (laughs) All right, next. <laughs> make this the last one. All right. Um, dear Claire and Emily, my family and I, my husband and two teens, live with my very elderly parents. I purchased the house from the trust after my parents proposed the idea. This benefits my what? parents. I don't, I don't know what that means. They, the house this is like some rich trust, people shit. But okay. like, yeah, I don't know. This is some rich people shit, so... Please keep in mind when you're writing to us that Emily and I both fall below the poverty line. Yeah, we're a low socioeconomic status podcast. This is a working class podcast. <laughs> Please. It's nothing if not a working class podcast. It's actually the perfect description of us. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so basically they... They bought the house somehow. My parents, they can stay in the house and receive our help. My teens benefit from living with them. This is a win-win. I have a third child in his 30s who's not living with us. My son has a long history of incarcerations and has two felonies for theft and drug offenses. Now he's part of the Working Class podcast. He, yeah, Working Class Hero for sure. He's our vibe. He's been- He's been out of prison for over a year. He lives with friends and at times with his father, my ex. He's not exactly the model citizen, but is keeping out of trouble. He has his mail sent to our house. 
Whenever he stops over to get it, my mother becomes really nervous, anxious, and fearful. She won't hug him, make eye contact, or converse. She's not forgiving him for stealing Grandpa's credit card and cash from them when he was a teen. She has basically disowned him for all his failures, and I'm guessing she's embarrassed by him, too. They were really close when he was a child. As far as I'm concerned, he's done his time, he's family, and he shouldn't be disowned. Grandma recently told him when I was in the other room that he can't stop at the house anymore. I'd like to see him occasionally, and I'm not afraid of him stealing. He's not dangerous. Your advice? Mm. Maybe set up like a like a fake home invasion scenario where the son saves the grandma. And then she realizes there's nothing to be afraid of because he would save him if it really came down to it. That's an amazing idea. Thanks. <laughs> That's perfect advice. Stage a home invasion. And make sure it's with um make sure it's with his like real criminal friends and that mm-hmm. they do know that the house does have a lot of valuables and the mm-hmm. the weapons have to be real and loaded for it to be believable. Well, there needs to be bloodshed. Yeah, you should you should at least wing the grandpa. <laughs> I mean, it has to be believable. Yeah, that's for sure. I think that's uh, great advice. All right, well, thank you for listening to the podcast that a family a member of mine called "quote tough to listen to." End quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a really great review for us. <laughs> when your own flesh and blood leaves you that one. <laughs> That's um, how you know you're about to make hit it, it big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for writing in for advice, one listener. Uh, or yeah, one day one so listener. Um, any more advice, we will be happy to answer it. Yeah. So please uh, contact us with your advice. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye.